Happy birthday, Mr. Jeremy. Thank you. But, uh, what? Where's his dinner? Things. <laughs> you should let me know so I could, like, pick something up for everyone. You know, I, because we celebrated Jeremy's birthday this last weekend uh, at uh, the the party that was a birthday party slash Halloween. Zombie prom. Which is becoming a normal thing for Jeremy's house. Um, so, to be honest with you, I didn't even really think about doing something today because we had already done, like, his gift and everything. Because um, not even thinking we were recording on his actual birthday. Plus, I'm, I am i don't have any other excuses. Other than <laughs> I'm so fucking busy. I I really don't have any other excuses. So, it is it is crunch time. Tomorrow is a, is a big big deal for me so um maybe i'll be a little bit more apt to do things like that after tomorrow is over uh we'll see we'll see but anyway happy birthday to jeremy it is actually jeremy's birthday today it as sure we record. is and i'm here uh so tomorrow when you're listening to this it's an unbirthday it but, is uh, that's okay that's okay a very merry birthday also, uh, probably some very special birthdays coming up in the next uh, few months because uh, it's leap year in February. Oh, yeah. So, what the hell? Jesus' oh, birthday. There's a lady at work who her birthday Christmas is leap year. How many and Jesus? Her daughter was born on leap year. Wow. Too. How many Jesuses do you know? Babe, that is way cold. I know. It's even colder because someone opened the other door. By someone, I mean a dog. <laughs> okay. Yeah, well. I don't know who. Probably stupid Hamilton. So we're also or the suction of the window. Um. Yes, it was stupid Hamilton. Yeah. So <laughs> we're watching my mother-in-law's dog for two weeks, and then then we give him back when she gets back from Albuquerque, and then we watch the Wieners. You get to watch the Wieners. I like the Wieners. I don't know how the Wieners are going to react to Miss Phoebe because they haven't met her yet. So we'll find out. Well, I'm sure that um, Ebo and Ebo and Chopper, Chopper will can like, go pout somewhere. Yeah. But Rocky, or maybe will. they'll just commiserate, not pout. I'm pretty maybe. sure Rocky's gonna love the hell out of it. I think her. Rocky will, because well. he's still pretty energetic. Of course, his birthday's coming up. He's almost three. That's still, but that's, that's still, still young. That's still young pup blood right there, compared to nine year old Ebo yeah. and what eleven year old Chopper, twelve, twelve year old Chopper, pushing thirteen. Actually, Chopper's <laughs> birthday's coming up too, isn't it? It's Friday. Yeah. So uh, oh wow, and Chopper will be thirteen. So he's thirteen years old. Jesus, he's old. Is that right? Or is yeah. he going to be 12? Did you advance him? I don't know. I always advance him. I think he's going to be 13. Um, so he's the same age as Toby is all I know. 2007. 13. Right? 12. 12. 2019. You've already advanced him. Oh, well. He tends to do that as it gets closer to his birthday. Like he gets it in his head. He's going to be 12. He's going to be 12. And so then all of a sudden he starts saying, oh, he's, he's going to be 13. He's going to be 13. 13. <laughs> so he's so going to be 12. He's starting November 2nd. He'll be 13. He's currently 11. <laughs> <laughs> he's basically 12 though. So when people ask how old my dog is, I say 12 years old, um, which is funny because then I have a five month old and she's. She's a Can I, when is the appropriate time, speaking of months versus years, when's the appropriate time to stop counting weeks for babies? Whenever the fuck you want. I'm just saying, one, Brandy may listen to this. Brandy, stop using weeks, girl. I love you. still doing the weeks? It's like. I think it's okay until you're a year. 58 weeks. No, it's no, not. You, you get over 12 weeks and then people start to, start to, got to not twi- think like, about it. I don't, I don't it. even find close to six months, but when it's like 47 weeks. My no, because the problem with it is if you're doing that every month, 
if you aren't, if, are you going by You're missing weeks yeah. or are you going by the date? So he was born on December 25th. So is she posting on every 25th or is she literally posting on? Okay, now he's literally still, four weeks older, which is a month older. I still think she could just post every day like no. she does, and it makes me I happy. think that weeks until you're 12, 12 months is fine. I think 48 months is good, too, <laughs> uh, transition to years. No, 18 months. Uh, 24 months, 18 months. It's sizes. I think after you get out of sizes and you have to think about it for size clothing sizes. None of this matters to me. Out. I will never raise a toddler again. So, or ever. I, can. I never did. <laughs> He's counting the puppy. Toddler free in 2019. <laughs> the puppy is, uh, and I probably would raise another puppy. She's a lot of work, but uh, it's totally worth it because she's so awesome. What is she eating right now, by the way? A chew. Okay. I just want to make sure she's not eating her thing, the, the thing that she has destroyed. It's a chew. Yeah. I, when you get a set, can you pick up all the plastic pieces so she doesn't munch on them later? And we can throw along the life of this toy. I almost bought her a costume, by the way, when I picked her up from daycare today. I almost ordered the lion costume, like from that commercial for yeah. Amazon, where the oh, little yeah. baby girl's afraid of the dog, and then he puts. Because I think her body looks like a, like we temp, we were tempted to name her Nala after the the girl lion, lion and the lion king. king. We uh, so they had sheep costumes that were discounted, <laughs> and I almost bought her a sheep costume. That's but funny. what stopped me was. She's not going to fit in it after this year, and it's just going in the recycling slash savers DI bin. So. That's a lot for a... Yeah, even a discount, it's just not worth it. Like, I've already had to pay for my second harness now. Well, Brie paid for the second one, but we've had to buy two harnesses. We're, and we're on our way to our third here Yeah, we're soon. close to a third, so I don't want to spend money on stuff like that because she's growing like a damn weed. I mean, you see how tall she is now. Yeah, every week she seems to be getting bigger. So uh, She's now taller than the chairs. Yeah, so we were like, you're not going to last much longer being able to crawl under the chairs and the table, like chasing the cat and the dog around. And sure enough, now it's like a struggle for her. She tries to crawl <laughs> in between some chairs and like falls and can't get through them all the way. Nice. Oh, I so. should I should add, it's episode 179. Oh, yeah. This is also, this is the new Utah podcast. <laughs> if you've somehow managed to run across the stream um, and did not know that you were listening to the new Utah podcast. We uh, thank you. We're a show all about Utah. will be especially about Utah this week, as it's the end of the month, and it is our infamous Utah segment uh, this episode. So I was looking at the wiki link because I, I don't have time, tons of time at work, and I should do more research at home, and I don't. But um, I was looking at it before Jeff came over, my boss, because we were going to meet for something, and I knew if I got some, involved in something for work, he'd come over, and I'd be like, oh, "You have to wait a second. So I was reading that, and he came over, and he says what are you reading? And so we read it together and we clicked on some of the links <laughs> together and he, he helped me do just, just a few minutes cool. of research. I'm excited for this one. It's a good one. It's a good uh, one. I hopefully some of you guys can carry a little bit harder than me. Oh yeah. I get way into these. I know. You know this one well. This was your suggestion. Well, this one was well, you, my suggestion. You picked this one because you wanted this one and I so, said, well, it is your birthday. It's like it's your great great grandfather or something, I think. So um, he's got a lot of descendants, a lot of powerful descendants. Mike Lee being one of yes, them. Senator yes. Mike Lee. We'll get into that Mike, later. Mike Lee. Mike Lee. <laughs> Mike Lee. Uh, but anyway, um, I did notice on the way to your house on, um, Saturday, was mm -hmm. it Saturday? Uh, I stopped by to get some beer, uh, which I picked up and only drank two of, uh, cause I had a lot of jello shots <laughs> and some scotch. Yeah, Heather makes a mean Jello shot for some. They're way better, drink. way better than Josh's. Josh's gummy. Well, they weren't. Well, 
The gummy was fine. The gummy was great, but he didn't make the the jello shot part right because he didn't know you had to let it cool off before you added the alcohol. Oh. And so I'm pretty sure he just burned all the alcohol off because that's what you do. I had a whole bunch of those and nothing happened, but I only had maybe three or four shots. I could feel those. (laughs) So (laughs) anyway, uh, I noticed that uh, the selection at the grocery store is getting mighty thin. (laughs) Mighty, mighty thin. When I went, Friday night to get ready for the party and I didn't have a whole lot same thing Smith's was like just like wiped out because they haven't been buying new inventory that they can sell for a while and it's not it's it's everything it's not just the Utah local stuff it's like everything it's everything well and it's been like so like a couple weeks probably that they haven't done any kind of restock on their current stuff and then you can tell like in just like a week and a half two weeks the shelves are pretty close to bare uh, so that tells you how much beer we actually go through in this state. Well, I saw a post today from Ben. What's his McAdams? No, Winslow. 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 That we that Utah just passed the mark from last year. At this time, we're a million dollars ahead of sales that mm-hmm. we were last year at this exact same time. Yeah. So liquor sales tend to prosper whenever things are doing well in the economy. Uh, and they don't suffer a whole lot when things are doing bad. The liquor just gets cheaper. <laughs> There's a lot of correlation there, actually. They they can see like when economy is doing well versus not well based on what is bought and what sizes. We talk a little bit. We talked a little bit about that the last couple times we did the uh, the liquor sales oh, yeah, roundup yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. So so this just posted on KUTV that the Budweiser Clydesdales are coming to Utah to hold a Halloween funeral. Uh, to send, <laughs> to send out the 3.2 ABV beer. So uh. they will be at, the procession will begin at Vivint on the 30th at 7.45. It will go down, it will go to several bars at the corner of 2nd South and State Street. Um, yeah, so. That's kind of cool. See the, the funeral procession with the Bud Clydesdales. That uh, would be. The Clydesdales are really cool. I don't care really about pretty. the fact that they're Budweiser, but they're really good. And they're treated like fucking royalty, those horses. Uh, yeah, they are. They, they are, they, they like get massages and brushings. Happy and endings. The best hay and, uh, I don't know if anyone jerks <laughs> them off, Jeremy. You don't know. <laughs> I, I just said, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure some of them are studs. Actually, they're probably all mares. Probably. Uh, because you can't really stick a male in with them because... Um, that would be disastrous. Yeah. They're either all males or all mares. And my guess is they're all mares because if you get one mare around a bunch of studs, bam, it's not a good not a good thing. Especially when they have how many? Is it four, between four and six? Six. That are six at a time. They have the, a bunch of Clydesdales right, all over the right. country. But, but that pull the traditional... I think it's wagon. six. I think they pull, pull a six. Beautiful horses, though. Um, as long as we're talking about the beer, we should just talk about this. Let's do it. We have stories about beers and horses. We do. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> I didn't even think about it's that. It's a cowboy hey, song. you always said a good segue is when the, you don't talk Those about are it. good segues. A cowboy but, song right But here. wait, we just talked about that segue. Beer and horses. Beer I and horses. Uh, that might be the show title. I know it's <laughs> kind of boring, but um, who doesn't like talking about beer and horses? That's um, right. Well, the beer news is happy. The horse or, news is Or maybe not. I'll just write segues. As the show title. <laughs> That'd probably get a, honestly, a title like Segways would probably get a lot of hits. Because of the little machines? N- no, because it's just, a, it's like the, one of the shows that has like the, one of the biggest downloads is the phrasing episode. Because it's called phrasing, I think. 
Like you get a bunch of random hits just because, because people are maybe like looking up what a segue is. So they look up segue and then it, our, our episode comes up. Yeah, who knows? Um, yeah, I don't know. So anyway, uh, so 10 things to expect uh, when Utah allows stronger beer in a grocery store. When you're expecting? 10 things to expect when you're expecting? When um, expecting beer. Yeah. So actually, grocery stores do have a bunch of higher beer sitting in their stock rooms right now. They just can't put um, it on It's all marked that it can't be sold until Friday, till the 1st. Um, so just kind of keep that in mind that there's not going to be a sudden like lapse of beer. Um, it's been gradual, but if you go Friday, you're going to get high point beers. Um, but you might want to pay attention if that's specifically what you're looking for. Cause they're not just going to not sell their other stuff. Right. Uh, they'll probably run whatever stock they have out. No, I think it says they're destroying it. They are. The DABC is. But I think that's their stock. I don't think it's what's currently in stores. Yeah. So like the D, because so little known fact, um, in order for a grocery store to buy beer, they have to go through the DABC. So all distribution of alcohol in the state of Utah goes through the DABC. So even though beer distributors, they can technically go straight to the grocery store. They have to do it through the DABC, I think. I don't know. So yeah, I think it's, it's the DABC's. Um, their backlog, their their stock, and I saw another post. I believe it was today that no, they will not be dumping it down the drains. They actually take it to the landfill. Yeah, yeah. Um, it can't it, <laughs> follow that no, truck. I was just gonna say, find that landfill. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the seagulls are gonna be happy. So the five percent stuff can't be put on shelves or sold until Friday. So they'll stock like a specific time. Like, are, are they going to have like bus bo- or 20, bus boys? Like the 20 or 30 boys? stockers standing there waiting. Yeah. Well, you can't They're gonna have the ones for off and the ones for on. You, you can't buy beer first thing in the morning. They have to stop selling it like 1am. And so I'm sure after 1am when they can't sell it anymore, that's when they'll do the stock shifts. Uh, and then when they can sell again in the morning at like whatever time it is, 10 Eight or, or something, whatever. Yeah. It's sometime early in the morning, but it's not early enough that you can keep your party going. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's the goal, right? That's, that's their goal. Um, so, uh, apparently the state run liquor stores have cut their prices on all beer that falls between four and 5% in half, uh, or no, just cut them. So, so I'll, if they've cut it in half, it's now normal price. Yeah, so instead buy, of $2 a bottle, it's a right. dollar a bottle. <laughs> it's what it would normally be. At a I don't know if it's store. really cut in half, but it is cheaper. Uh, and so, but any discounted beer that remains after the first, they'll, they'll destroy because they don't think they're going to be able to sell it. Um, the, a lot of the brewers, local brewers have also marked down their lower uh, percentage stock. So whatever they have sitting on their shelves, uh, to try and sell it really quick. Um, that'd be their kegs and stuff like that. So you probably see like, uh, big pushes in some of the, in some of the bars and the distilleries and the, brewer, the breweries, not distilleries, where they're doing $2 pints of something. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Uh, so now you're going to see uh, a lot more selection pop up, um, because it does open up the, the sales quite a bit. Well, and we should 5%. see the stuff that disappeared a while ago. The Killians and the... When they changed it, yeah, where so, not so many were, were making this. Yeah, so we'll see that stuff come back. Right. But what what that means for other stuff is like stuff like Sam Adams that we never saw on grocery store oh. sell- shelves. We'll start to see some of that stuff uh, now on grocery store sh- shelves because that was never made. A, a lot of the 
Like, so we have the local breweries like Squatters and Wasatch and Uinta. And when you go to other states and you see one in another state that's not close to Utah, you're like, oh, that's kind of a big deal. They're carrying that. So we, we see some very few like Rogue and stuff like that on our shelves in, in the, in the, uh, grocery store. Mm-hmm. But primarily all that stuff was only found in the liquor store. Right. And so now they'll be able to sell a lot more of that. Not all, because a lot of that is high point stuff still anyway, but we'll see a lot more of those smaller, uh, breweries being able to ship stuff here now. So. And of course, higher taxes, because if, if Utah t- gives you something, they take something in return. So. The, the tax goes up from 12 a barrel, which is already the highest in the nation, to 1310. Yeah, and I, don't, I mean, it's whatever. At the end of the day, it doesn't matter. People are still going to pay the price. But you'll see stuff like, so those beers like Pacifico, Stella, Sam Adams, Boston Lager, Newcastle Brown, those are all leaving the liquor store completely. So which you'll hopefully only see that helps. Yeah, because it's making wave, waves for the, what's that little seltzer drink that everybody likes? Oh, the White Claws? Yeah. I haven't tried that to see if it's any good yet. Um, I haven't tried it either. Hopefully, so, hopefully this helps the liquor stores though. That yeah, they'll be able to carry. So, yeah, they have to have so much real estate. For yeah, they'll the, be able to carry some other stuff. Well, some it says more some of the stuff, stuff they're filling it with are alcoholic seltzers, flavored malt beverages, premixed cocktails, canned wine, and wine spritzers. That's awesome. They've all been trending very well. Canned wine is great for uh, taking on the road with you. <laughs> <laughs> I have yet to taste a canned wine that I like. So, and you'll also get the, the thing is, is like the tax on per barrel goes up, but we stopped getting hit, uh, at the grocery stores with That's the 66.5% markup on heavier beer. So what will happen is the price of the Boston lager is not going to be $2 a bottle, which is highway robbery. And I would never fucking pay that at the liquor store. Now it's going to be in line with other beer at the grocery store. So eight to ten dollars for six for a six pack. Probably around eight would be my guess. Uh, somewhere in there, um, which is better than twelve. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Uh, in terms of beer on tap, your draft beer, um, that also goes up uh, to five percent. Basically, they can't make that less because no one will make it. Uh, so that's that moves up with the uh, the the price of the can stuff. Because it all comes from the same place, people. It doesn't. It doesn't get carbonated magically. Like it, <laughs> <laughs> it's all the same beer, and then it gets carbonated when it gets canned or when it gets thrown into a keg. Uh, is when all that carbonation and pressurization happens. So, uh, so that's really cool. Um, and then a uh, hundred beers leaving the liquor stores. That's wow. That's awesome. That's crazy. How many beers they were selling. That's that's wild. That's a lot of different beers. Uh, so that's good. You're gonna see see a lot more variety, which is which is fantastic for the grocery stores and the gas stations. I wonder too. if some of those specialty ones. I wonder if they'll probably still stay in the liquor store. I think they're clearing them the, all out. The Grolsch and some of the other. Uh, it depends on the content, the alcohol content. So Grolsch is uh, international, and I think it's like six and a half, seven. So it just depends on the content. So you'll still have stuff like Squatters, Hell's Keep, and stuff, which is like, fuck, I think like 10 or 11%, which is really, really high. You'll see that stuff stay in the the liquor store. But you'll see more, I think, um, some of Epic stuff will come out into the grocery stores more more readily, I think. Um, So you may see some of those high-point beer makers 
work on their recipes to bring them down for better distribution. Just a touch. Who's our, who's the Ogden one? Talisman. Talisman. I know they, they, that was their problem is all, every, almost everything they had was just, just above, just above, but now it should put it online. Yeah, they should, cause there was only like three or four they could do in the grocery stores. And yeah. Now. And everything else was just, just enough too high. So hopefully. I'm excited. Hopefully that's good for them. Cause I love me some beer. Also, I'm excited because the stuff that the liquor store doesn't carry, like some of the pre-mixed cocktails, like the, especially in the summer, the like bags that you can throw in the freezer and oh, yeah. like the pre-made daiquiris and stuff, they're really good. They're loaded with sugar, by the way, but they're really good. Um, but we don't really get to have very much of a variety of those because beer takes up so much space. And, and now with that gone, maybe we'll be able to get more sake and boxes. stuff like that. <laughs> I wish they'd do the mini bottles. I know I know that's pushing it for Utah, but I wish they'd do the mini bottles. Yeah, I don't think we'll ever do the mini bottles. I don't really see the point of mini bottles other than as like cheap gifts. They're cool. <laughs> Go to the liquor store in Wendover and yeah. pick up a bunch. I don't. They're expensive and they're not practical. So the packaging costs more than the damn liquor, probably. Oh, I'm sure. And if they sold mini bottles, Jeremy, would you really buy them? For gifts and stuff like that. Yeah. Because they're a novelty and they're, they're kind of so, cool. It's a way for you to become cheaper as a gift giver. Is that what I'm hearing? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I want to hear about your bees before we get to Okay, events. bees. So so this kind of goes with the our freaking weird weather that we've, we're having. So the let's coldest see. ever. What is the high today? Twenty seven, and the low tonight is three. Yeah, tonight's really cold. So, so last weekend, have you thought about sticking a heater? <laughs> so, well, so, so I did. So I this is the first time I've ever put all three. Put it in the chicken coop. Put it in the chicken coop. This is the first time I've ever put all three corks in, but they have not filled in the hole enough yet. So I put that third cork in, and I also put in the insulation. In so doing, though. I open it up as minimal, minimally, minimalistically as possible. As little? Yeah. All right. As little as possible. <laughs> I open it up as, as little as possible, expose it as little as, as possible. But I did open up the window and, and there's a, there's bees, but. Oh no. Maybe, maybe a quarter of them is all that is left. Maybe. That's, uh. And I'm, I'm just, I, it's gotta be this, this it's the cold freakish weather. Freakish cold weather that came out of nowhere. So normally what happens is end of September, October, and into November, they're building up the fat bees. That Their only job is to keep the queen alive during the winter. That's really all they do. Yeah, fat bees. I don't think there's enough. I don't think they've got enough of them in so there. So they're probably going to go. So what's left is swarmed around the queen to keep her warm. But normally, I mean, last year, I, I think I wore a jacket to hand out Halloween candy. The year before, I know I did not even wear a jacket. Well, we were talking at the party and last year, when we were out smoking cigars, you oh, yeah. were saying it was 73 degrees. Yeah. For my birthday party last year, yeah. 73. So so my concern is it, it's just gotten so cold so fast that the bees just aren't ready for it. The good news is they're not going to get attacked by wasps because no. those motherfuckers are all dead. They're all now. dead. So we'll see. So this is the this is the time of the year where I close it all up and I won't touch it for months now. Cause well, maybe but you'll by open, preemptively putting in that cork, you'll but you'll open up them. another hole, right? You, you have we, to. So they're saying next week we might be back in the forties. So you'll let it. Open I'll it open up. it back up again. But these teen, yeah, temperatures. So normally I'm it's like the fifties next week. Next yeah, week, normally like they'll 50s. close up the hole. Yeah, normally they just they build up the wax around around the hole to where it's just big enough for, for A and B to get out of. But when I checked it this weekend, they hadn't closed it up at all. 
Oh, so that's why. So there might not have been enough of them to spare. Maybe. So that's why. I and they cor- don't actually need to get out other than to shit. And yeah. Cooler. So, I mean, if, if I cork it and then if I pull it in a week and let it out for a little bit, and get, they're not going to die. They get a chance there, but, to come in and out a little bit. But, but yeah, I'm just. Yeah, that sucks, man. Yeah. May, there's maybe a quarter of what there was. There's less now than when we put them in. Oh, boy. That's not enough to survive the winter. There's nah, no way. I don't. I don't think so. I'm. I'm. As always, hopeful, but man, no. it's just that's rough, sad. disheartening. And it's they were so healthy. I know that's crazy. This was a really good year. We got it. We had a good harvest, and I'm glad I didn't do a second one like I thought about because with this weather, they're going to need all that they can get. But yeah, but that's probably still not enough to help them. No, it's it's not looking good. So anyway, well, Jess, Chris, events. Sure. That's a segue, by the way, people, in case you were wondering. <laughs> I see that. Um, first and foremost, uh, today was the end of Vote Tremaine Street. Um, as of this evening, they are in eighth place oh, to the Ladies Literary Clubhouse. Um, I assume voting goes till the end of the day, but... Um, I'm going to look sure. right now so, and see where yes. they're at. So I did all of the voting today. <laughs> um, they had a really awesome push yesterday. Um, they were at 11th and by like midday, actually within like an hour, they were back in eighth. Yep. So they're still in eighth. Still in eighth. So fingers crossed. Uh, Hold out yeah. just a little longer. Yeah. So that's awesome. Uh, um, I appreciate everyone for not voting for the Rollins, Wyoming building. <laughs> what place are they in? Thank you for, they're out of the running. I don't care. Oh. <laughs> so there, wait, nine, that'd be nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14. They're 15th. So they're way down the list. They're 15th out of 20. They are well, probably everybody in the town voted twice, and they're done. There's nobody left to vote. Yeah, I mean, there's only like fucking 600 people there. <laughs> nice. Um, also, make sure to get in your um, mail-in ballots if you have them for uh, any municipal. It is mostly music- any, municipal. Any kind of, yes, um, because voting is coming up soon, so make sure to do that. I thought that was important. Mm-hmm. Uh, also... There's like a million things on the 8th, so I only picked a couple. Um, adopt- What's special about the 8th? I have no idea. That's just the date that all the <laughs> events were on. Well, that's Veterans Day weekend. It is Veterans Day weekend. So it's Bree's birthday weekend. Yes, that's on the event list if you didn't look at it. so I didn't. I didn't know. It's all good. Veterans Day. Um, Bree's birthday. Yay! Sorry. Yay. Sorry, folks. Um. So every year this happens um, over Veterans Day weekend up at the Deer Valley Resort, the Adopt a Native um, elder group does a rug sale, and there's it's amazing. I, they have other crafts and stuff there too, but it's such a great um, opportunity to support that organization that's here in Utah. So if you want to go up the mountain. Um, also, so there's a lot of really cool art things that happen down at the gateway, like the dreamscapes, um, is down there. And on the eighth and ninth, they are doing one called illuminate Utah and it's a light art and creative tech fest. And it runs from 5 PM to 10 PM. They have all kind of really cool light installations, um, technology based art installations. So get down to the gateway and, and it's free too. Um, and then Full Kogan's going to be at the Green Pig Pub. Is this like their welcome home show? No, they did some shows this uh-huh. last weekend. Um, I think they might have done some, uh, weekend 
two weekends ago too, but I'm a little disappointed they didn't invite me personally. <laughs> I know it hurts, huh? Um, it does. It hurts my heart. Nine p.m. and then, of course, Monday the eleventh is Veterans Day and it's Bree- Bree's birthday, so that's all my so there. After we had been together for nine years, Chris was like, "Your birthday isn't a roving holiday. Like it's always on Veterans Day." <laughs> Yes, there is I didn't know if Veterans like Day Christmas. was a roving holiday or not. <laughs> you know what is a roving it's not holiday? Like Thanksgiving. Leap year. It's leap year this year. Next year? Yeah, that's what I mean. In February. In three months, four months. I don't know. I don't know how to count anymore. It's November. Almost. Like Friday. That's really weird. I keep thinking Halloween is on Wednesday, not Thursday. Thursday. It's ruining my week. <laughs> <laughs> He doesn't get to game. I don't get to wah, game at wah. all because of stupid ass Halloween. Wah, wah. I'm more sad that I don't get to take Phoebe to class. That too, and then that class on Sunday magically got canceled. So where's that dog class? Yeah, puppy class, puppy training. Puppy class. training. Gotcha. There's a really good video from last Thursday though, uh, with the dog playing. All you podcast listeners will enjoy watching that. Never. <laughs> That's I suppose kind of, we could post it if you really want to watch it. Uh, it's kind of like a dick thing to say, though, right? And <laughs> talk about a really cool video. Yeah. We're going to talk about a really cool video that you guys can't fucking watch. Uh, okay. So let's do some news, and then uh, we'll get to our infamous Utah at some point. Um, so just a quick update on uh, our vaping conversation. Was that last week or two weeks ago? It was last, last week. week. I, don't, I don't remember yesterday, so forgive me. Um, judge overturned the temporary ban uh, that uh, I think it was the health department put into place on the flavored vaping liquids. Um, so, oh, it was the U.S. Utah Department of Health uh, is the one that did it. So a judge overturned it. Uh, and, um, the vape shops, basically the, the attorney representing them said there's no emergency and the rule puts basically almost 700 small businesses, uh, at risk for economic harm. Basically, like we talked about, it puts most of them at risk to just close their doors. Uh, and so, um, the judge, uh, overturned the ruling and, uh, kind of put a stay on the order. So I guarantee, um, part of why, um, I'm talking about this now. Um, this is going to go through the court system. It'll probably hit the Utah State Supreme Court at some point, uh, and it will absolutely be part of the legislative session uh, come January. Well, like they said in the article, though, it's been found to be, the problems have been found to be linked to THC, not the flavored right. juices, but the flavored juices is what they banned. And interestingly enough, I noticed at the gas station the other day, uh, the counter had a big sign on it that said, uh, mm-hmm. THC vaping products are harm, are, are, inc- have a big chance to be harmful or something and, um, should they never. They said big chance? Did they say big late chance? I don't, I don't know what the <laughs> fuck they said. Basically, they said, it's like, don't buy it, basically. Don't, don't buy them. Yeah. Uh, they're really bad. They're not regulated and mm-hmm. you're kind of taking your life into your own hands if you do. They don't sell them, obviously, because we're not California, but, uh, I'm concerned about our children, like our children specifically. Yeah, you can have a conversation with them. Do they vape? Are oh, they, yeah. Are they kids? <laughs> That's Well, I'm pretty sure Jeremy's kids don't vape. Uh, Not that I'm aware of. I don't know. I bet Julia does. Not that I'm aware of. I think she I think she'd tell me. She's she in did. a sorority. She does a lot more than vape She now. just barely got into a sorority. She just got her big on Saturday. 
We follow your kids on social media. It's kind of <laughs> creepy. That's good. Keep an eye on them for me. Because <laughs> Jeremy has no idea how to open Facebook. <laughs> well, I was going to have her come do our zombie makeup, and she's like, oh, I can't. That's when I'm getting my big. And I was like, oh, you're going into a sorority. My daughter's a president of a sorority this year. I'm like, congratulations. Have fun. So then I saw her. Then she, she went and got her big. She did some drugs, smoked some THC through a vape pen. <laughs> uh, no. That is, it is really rampant and epidemic, but it's no different than what, 20 years ago when everyone smoked? So. Smoked the cloves. I think, the, yeah, a lot of cloves hey. back then <laughs> that were illegal. The weirdest thing was I They're smoked illegal. when I, when I came to Utah, I smoked and I went to buy cigarettes at a gas station and they wouldn't sell them to me because I wasn't 19. I'm like, but I can fucking smoke. This is stupid. They're like, yeah, you still can't buy them. I'm like, so then I went to Knuckleheads and just bought them because they don't give a shit. So cloves were not illegal, but then they banned them last year, wasn't it? No, it's been no. two years ago. They're so good. Something like that. They're so good. They taste delicious and they, they make your lips numb. They've kind of gone back and forth, though, from being sellable in Utah and not, and then it is again, and then it's not. I don't know. Well, um... When I was in high school, were they? I don't think they weren't banned then, right? No, you could buy them. No, you could get them. Because I remember David and his friends cooking them. Josh, I didn't hang out with Josh. They're all they're all gross. <laughs> Cigarettes are disgusting now. Even cigars. You guys, all, you guys all abandoned me when I went out started dating David. Yeah. That's you mean just, this is a sore spot for Jeremy? Don't bring that up. You mean when you dropped out of school and I did not drop out of school. You, your boyfriend moved in with you. I did not drop out of school. Stop hanging out. I'm with hung everybody. up on that. I have not. Did not. Dro- I graduated. A year I graduated early. with Heather. Yeah, yeah, early actually. Not only did she not drop out of school, she graduated early. So, so, so yeah, you didn't hang out with us. You left. All right, blowing raspberries into the mic. <laughs> that's that's good well, stuff. I, I take all the rest of it because I was looking at him because I knew he was going to say something, but I did not drop out of school. <laughs> Well, anyway, um, you know who did probably drop out of school uh, are people that like to ride their ATVs on national park land. <laughs> <laughs> That's another segue. Yeah, that was a good one, right? Is that spot on? With the same the idiots who push over monuments and carve their names in <sighs> spray paint. fucking well, But here's the thing. They were going to make it legal. That's the thing. Yeah. Yeah. The Department of the Interior, actually, um, stupid fuckface Zinke, um, before he quit, right? Didn't he say that we could... Uh, uh, ride the ATVs in the national park. So now, uh, Secretary Bernhardt, uh, of the National Park Service has rescinded, uh, I like this. This is from the d- director of the Sierra Club, Utah chapter, Ashley Salty, Salty Sack. <laughs> Salty Sack. It looks a lot like Salty Sack. Miss Salty Sack, uh, said, we are relieved that Secretary Bernhardt and the National Park Service rescinded the l- ludicrous direction to let off-road vehicles destroy our national parks, culturally sensitive landscape, fragile soil crusts, opportunities for solitude, and further diminish air quality. We stand with the over 20,000 people who spoke out to oppose the directive and demonstrated the power of the people coming together to make positive change happen. Our parks and public lands are places we all go to enjoy peaceful retreat and commune with nature. We will continue to protect their experience and wildlife that depends on them. I wish that I had written did a little more research and written down when they said that they were going to allow this because it was a pretty quick turnover it was from gonna, them saying never mind it was going to be november 1st no but when they 
rescinded, not when it was going to go into effect, when they first said, hey, it's going to happen. It was only like and a few months like ago. A, it was like early summer. I thought it was way the sooner is, than that, like within a month. There's there's plenty of places that you can go ATV and, and ride well, your, your four-wheelers. Okay, but so, so one of the arguments was in some of these parks, like the only way to get to certain places is through these Then you shouldn't areas. be going to those places. But why not? It's <laughs> public land. Hike to them. But you can't hike to all of them. Uh, then if you can, if you can't hike, why can you ATV? I'm just saying that's the argument that a lot yeah. of these are really hard to get to and remote. But basically, opening Ride your ass. and and the ruling was they had to stay on marked trails and stuff like that. But essentially, look, I've been on an ATV and you go on a marked trail and then as soon as you get and out, then you're like, oh shot, my gosh, I think I'm gonna go on that one. And then you you're fucking go wherever like you want and do whatever you want, and it destroys the land because yep. those things are pretty gnarly for the land, even though it's shitty desert. Doesn't matter. Um, so, uh, last course closed, huh? Yeah. I don't remember what I was doing on social media the other day, but whoever had posted was like, oh, last course closed. Yeah. So I went to their site and they were like, thank you for three years. And our doors have been shut for three days now. And so it was part of a restaurant groups are the same people that own like R&R and stuff and I can't remember their names but um, they're getting all of the people that work for them jobs That's really that cool. group. Did they say why? No. Nope. I know why. I'll tell you. They've been on the podcast. They, it's t- it's in- because they hired Cakes for Courtney and they probably... No, that's not why. It's because they sucked. I'm sorry. I went there <laughs> and here's, here's the complaint I heard resounding from everyone I talked to about that place. They were on here on the show. We went and ate some stuff there. Um, it was a, it's a great idea. The problem is they did a centralized kitchen and they didn't do a good job with it. And so basically what that means is all the restaurants had their food pre-prepared somewhere else in the valley and then each day shipped out to those places. So like the cinnamon rolls and stuff like that were all a day old essentially. They all came from the previous day. Um, which, doesn't bode well when you have a lot of competition. So it's doing it fresh, making it right there. Yeah, and so their their big thing was it's all dessert, right? Like it's just a dessert only place, which would work really well in Utah if the desserts were really good. And I think they were a little overpriced, and the, the quality was just not there. And it was very clear. Like everyone I talked to was like, "Yeah, it didn't feel like they wanted you to eat in there. Like they wanted you to just get it and leave, and it wasn't great." And it was. It was stale. So when you're doing pastries... I like their s'mores. Yeah, when you're doing pastries and they're stale, though, that's not a that's a, it's not a good showing. So that's... I, I'm pretty sure that's why. But you only had the cinnamon roll. No, no. I had other stuff there, too. Okay. But I, I, I just don't think... I think that's a big part of why. I think they expanded too fast, too. Yeah. Yeah, they weren't able to replicate mm-hmm. well because they opened up too many stores too fast. Like, right? they probably would still be successful if they just kept their Regent Street location. Did they have three? Did they have three? They had four. They had four, yeah. And I think their Regent Street location is where everything was made. Mm-mm. Yeah, because that's... Or was it made in another kitchen? Yeah, it was a commissary kitchen. Because I had... The day that they did the free stuff, I had the cinnamon rolls from the downtown one, and they were very fresh and really good. Anyways, I just thought since they'd been on our show. Well, we my experience was all out of that Draper one. Yeah. So, and that was the experience of most of the folks that I work with that I talked to. And no one ever, no one had a good review I for them. I think I've been to all of them, but the Lehigh one. 
So that that to me says why when no one has a good. That's always too bad place. though to hear of a local shop like that closing. That's too bad. Yes, I agree. So no more, no more ant ice cream. Ant ice cream. Yeah, once oh. a year they'd bring ants and they you'd like. Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> um. So I I actually we don't have a whole lot of other stories. Um. I wanted to talk. So I read this story on in the Deseret News. Um, I think it was through KSL where I first found it. Um, but it's a it's a big long story. Um, and the the tagline on it is "Crisis in the West: Americans will soon have a five billion dollar wild horse problem." And if and if you know about it, I want to say it was either the Deseret News or the Daily Herald. Yeah, I think the Deseret News actually wrote it. Um, I know that was the site, at least that I linked. Um, but it's a, it's a really good long article. I recommend, uh, that you go read it because I don't think we're going to probably do it justice talking about it here. But basically, I, I thought with our infamous Utah being like, I mean, essentially a quint, quintessential frontierman, uh, in a lot of ways, um, that, uh, we could talk about horses because when I think of like the Wild West, in those parts of Utah, like, you know, central and southern Utah, um, where the massacre happened. Uh, for those of you that don't know, we're going to talk about John Lee. Uh, that would be everyone. Yeah. We're going to talk about John Lee today. Well, unless they looked at the show notes before they listened to the show. Um, Is it? It'll be in the show notes. I promise I'll write John Lee in the show notes at least once. John D. Lee. John D. Lee. John DeLee. The Mountain Meadow Massacre is what is more formal. Yeah, I'll write both of them because the Mountain Meadow Massacre will probably get me some some hits. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, I wanted to talk about it because Utah, um, a lot of people maybe don't know this, wild horses still exist and exist in big numbers. Very, very big numbers. Especially out west where there's a whole lot of open land and not a lot of people. Uh, the desert southwest in particular is home to hundreds of herds and tens of thousands of wild horses. Yeah, I have no idea. So in, in Utah... And by tens of thousands, that's like 90,000. Yeah, like it's a lot. It's almost six figures. Uh, and it's just an estimate because they don't truly know. Uh, they do like flyover counts and stuff of herds that they know about. Um, but uh, in Utah, there are... Um, 2,600 horses and about 22 herds scattered across the state. Most of those herds are in the western part of the state. That part of the state that I always ask guests if they know what's over there. (laughs) Wild horses. (laughs) Wild horses. Because there's really nothing. So, like, north of St. George, west of, like, Delta, there's, like, this big open expanse, the entire western side of the state. It's pretty much unpopulated. Now there there are some herds uh, closer to like um, you know between like Moab and Cedar City over on the eastern side of the state, like Robbers Roost and Canyonlands, uh, and some of the you know between like Green River and Moab and Boulder and those are and Grand Junction, that kind of little like kind of north central eastern part of the state. But most of the herds are actually on that western side of the state. Did this get into how? they got there were they released or have they always been well no they talked about how like the cat and dog population would be similar if we just were letting mm-hmm. them 
so you procreate. Have, yeah. So what's happened is there's there's wild horses and we can't kill them and we can't. There's so many restrictions on what we can and can't do. They're just out there procreating. Yeah. So basically, so horses are not a a normal species to the Americas. Horses right. were brought over here from Europe uh, when when the conquerors uh, came over. Um, colonists, conquerors, same difference. But they brought horses with them. They brought a lot of horses with them. And in the days of essentially the Wild West, I mean, it goes back to revolutionary times, but they bred horses and horses got loose. Um, cattle rustling and horse rustling were big deals. Like horse rustling was a huge deal. Back in the Wild West days, um, people were hung for stealing horses. That's how big. That's right. that's like being executed for stealing a car. Like that's that's kind of the the equivalent nowadays. Uh, or maybe maybe a backhoe because it actually does some kind of work other than drive you to and from something. But but yeah. still, you were you were hung for those sorts of things back then. And so inevitably, horses got loose. We didn't have the same kind of like, you know, fencing and corralling. I mean, honestly, corral technology hasn't come very far. (laughs) (laughs) And horses can jump most fences. Uh, And so, you know, horses got loose. Horses uh, travel in herds. They're herd animals. And like Bree said, left completely uninhibited. And there's not a lot of natural predators for them. I mean, there's no wolves anymore. There's not a lot of coyotes. There's not a lot of mountain lions in the desert southwest. Um, you know, coyotes well, and, are the only. And if a mountain lion took down a horse, one single horse, that'd probably be good for a while. Yeah, they'd be good for a long time. And it's really hard to take down a horse. Horses, especially these wild horses, they're strong and they're mean. And one kick will kill a mountain lion or a person. Well, it's interesting. This article says that there's actually a bigger cattle and sheep problem than there is a horse problem. But everybody just wants to talk about the horses. Well, part of the problem with the horses is you, you literally can't do anything about it. So horses, the, they have so many weird protections for no reason. In Australia, really. they're picking them off yeah. from well, helicopters. The thing is, is like in other countries, like horse meat, horse meat's used a lot in this country for stuff. You, you may not know it, but especially for pet food uh, mm-hmm. and for food for zoos, for carnivores and zoos is the, probably like the biggest place for, for horse meat. But we don't have slaughterhouses in the U.S. anymore for horses. The last one closed in 2007. Yeah, and so they import all our horse meat from our next-door neighbor, from our hat. <laughs> That's Canadian. That's Canadian. <laughs> but so, like, the Hogel Zoo. So here we have this horse problem, and the Hogel Zoo is importing horses to feed the animals. So why are, if we have 90,000 horses that nobody's taking care of, like, why is everybody so concerned? Well, the, the problem is they're they're bad for the environment. Like they're bad for those ranges. They, no, I know they are, but I'm saying like people why have an attachment we, to them, but they don't know them. I when I was reading this and I was listening to it, even though I just can see that it's bad, it was bringing tears to my eyes because it makes me sad to hear about needing to kill horses. Well, so think about this: no one keeps a cow as a pet, right? Cows, especially <laughs> in this country, cows are. a source of food, whether they're dairy cows or they're cows that were eating steaks and hamburgers from from their corpse, their food. (laughs) And no one keeps a cow as a pet. No one rides a cow like (laughs) to go on a nice long trail ride. That's just not something that happens, right? There aren't show cows. Correct. There are show cows. There there are show cows (laughs) that are at the state fair as either you know, awesome milking cows right, like or this, cows that people want to buy cow can, so they can slaughter and right, feed some. The but problem not, is that little guy right over there. Yeah. But they're not like braiding their hair and... A good cow you know, has like 
four nipples. <laughs> the problem is that little guy over there. <laughs> this cow got into an onion patch. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> but yeah, so, so, but cows are different. Or not cows, horses Horse. are different. Right? We think of horses as pets. We think of them more along the lines of cats and dogs. Because that's how they're treated now. They were, they're work animals that, that we use and, and developed a bond with. Like, well, think of the word you use to describe a horse. You know, majestic, amazing, beautiful, strong. You know who is working to quell the horse population though? Is that fucking racetrack down in California? Right? <laughs> like 36 Holy horses cow. in a year they put down. That, uh, what's it? The Santa, Clara, Santa, Clarita. Cla- Santa Clarita, uh, horse. <laughs> Isn't that the diet? Santa, that's the diet. It's the Santa Clarita horse factory. Uh, it's a new slaughterhouse that's about to open. It's, just, it's Santa see something. Um, a year. I thought it was way, I thought it was like months. I think Jess is right. I think it was like in the last few months yeah, they've had like seven like or three something. dozen horses yeah. in the last, there actually at least was last just one months. over the weekend. Putting them down for, they're, they're, no, there were two no. over the weekend. They're there getting, were two. They're getting sick and they're dying. Yeah. So they're, they're having they're to put them breaking down. legs. Uh, they're having like because the thing is, when a horse breaks a leg, horses. it's done. Especially a racehorse, they're yeah. worthless after that. Well, they can't lay down because if a horse lays down for any any super long amount of time, they can lay down and get up. They do it all the time, right? But, but their body weight will crush them. Yeah, and it'll cut off circulation to their legs, so they can't be down for too long or they'll die. So, uh, the Rangeland population of horses went from 20 million to 3 million back in the 20th century. Uh, and most of those horses were being sent to slaughter and being used for all sorts of shit. Horse hooves are used in glue. Their hair is used for bowstrings of, of various musical instruments. Like, they have a lot of uses. They're very useful slaughter animals. Um, but for whatever reason, we kind of stopped. Um, in 1971... Um, there was a huge public outcry and the wild free roaming horse and burrow act basically stopped all of that. Um, so we were no longer able to do a whole bunch of stuff. Uh, and like Jess said, the last slaughterhouse closed in 2007. So now they're just growing. And I think part of the, part of the attention here is it's 90,000 now, but it's left completely unchecked. There aren't natural predators. Uh, they, are growing um, pretty pretty alarming rates. Uh, and so now the BLM is like, we got to do something. So they're starting to um, pump incentives into wrangling horses uh, and and taking them. Um, and, and basically... They just had their best year. They placed over 7,000 into adoptive homes. They didn't pay $500. Yeah, and this is that's not bad for a horse, by the way. Five hundred bucks is and pretty cheap. And guess what? Horse insurance isn't very expensive, people. So you should get that because then if your horse gets sick, they sick, they pay you. Yeah, and they pay like you a lot if it dies. Horses. No, it's just, just like life insurance for horses. This says we slaughter over nine billion cows, sheep, pigs, and poultry each year, and euthanize two million cats and dogs. Yeah, we can't put horses down, down a horse. <laughs> so. Um, anyway, it's, it's gonna be a problem. This is a really good article. We really aren't gonna do it any kind of justice here. Um, but I really wanted to spend some time on it because it is a, it's a very Utah thing. We have a ton of these horses. Um, and we talk about them from time to time. Um, and so, you know, we had our friend on from, uh, things to do in Utah or uniquely Utah or whatever the site is. I don't fucking remember. <laughs> uh-huh. Only in Only your state. In Utah. Only, Only in, in your, your state. state. 
Never in your state, I believe. <laughs> um, but I found in an only in your state article um, on horses as well. And this was actually, uh, take this drive to see wild horses running free. And, um, there's, uh, they're talking about the 22, she was talking about the 22 herds of horses and basically kind of gave you a way to do it. Uh, but don't do it in the winter because don't you, bad weather's really bad for this trip. Uh, you'll need lots of gas, water, and a spare tire because there are chunks of this drive that you probably need gas cans for. Um, it's big, open, expansive area you're going to be driving through to try and catch a glimpse of these wild horses. One thing that I will say, if you do that, uh, and it's totally worth the read to go uh, to only in your state and look at these these uh, these horses, do not fucking approach them. They are not normal horses. <laughs> they are not domesticated. They are wild as shit. They will fuck you up. They They may look. Like unassuming, just like that quiet bison in Yellowstone, but they will fuck you up. They don't want you to pet them, and they will attack your ass, <laughs> and they will do some serious damage. I say we don't warn people because it's thinning out the herd. Speaking of uh, horses, though, and doing serious damage, have you guys seen John Wick 3? No, is it good? So there is a scene in John Wick 3. First off, John Wick's just a badass, like period into subject. There is a scene in John Wick 3 where he's in like a horse stable of like a, like a racetrack or something. I think it's the third one. Maybe it's the second one. We did a marathon before we watched the third one the other day. Um, but anyway, uh, there's a scene where he's in like this horse stable and there's these horses there and he not once, not twice, but at least three times positioned the horse and slapped the horse. So the horse kicked and it fucking kicked a dude in the head and killed him. And it was awesome to watch like three <laughs> times, smack the horse, the dude's head gets kicked and he just fucking flies against the wall and dead. What are you, what are you doing, Jess? She's playing, uh, I thought maybe she was playing wild horses. I don't, what? That's. Oh, she's going to try and play some wild horses in the background. We're listening. I was to trying rap. to sing it, but I suck. No, I was going to play a different one. So anyway, there's a lot of lot of a uh, lot of horses in Utah. A lot of wild horses. So this says in this article, the Simpson Spring area. There's a herd of about 450 horses, which is the largest herd that the BLM manages in Utah. That's crazy. 450. In a wild herd. In a herd? That's insane. That is crazy. But think about that. Like, if, if there were, like, 10 million horses back in the day, uh, and now the herd's, like, think of how big that herd was. You're talking thousands, a couple thousand in a herd at least. That's crazy. Also, I read, it's not in here, but I read an article about um, something they're doing with the buffalo herd out on Antelope Island, and I don't remember what it was. Then why did you bring it up? <laughs> I don't know, because it came to mind because we're talking about herd animals in Utah, and there's still wild herds of things like buffalo in the state of Utah. So it's just You're cool. a wild antelope. Herd. They come and hang out down by my house. Fucking stupid antelope. Oh! Do they play with the deer? <laughs> did I show you? I didn't tell you. So Jenny, the lady I work with, was showing me a picture that she took from her back porch. So they live, uh, you know, we told you where they live, kind of down the street from you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so they... They, well, it's like 13th West and like 130th South, somewhere Some in there. close. Um, but off their back, off the back of their property, uh, like it goes, it goes down into like a gully and there's a whole bunch of undeveloped land with a creek and stuff down there. There's a herd of deer that lives down there. And she took a picture of a freaking six point buck standing in her backyard and it didn't even move when she came out and like got her camera out. The dog was out there and didn't bark at it or nothing over by her, her chicken Her dog coop. is pretty cool. 
But that's like in the middle of fucking town. That's not out in the boonies anymore. Like 134th and 13th West isn't really the boonies. There's just some undeveloped land that's got a herd of deer in it. There's a cougar roaming Harriman City today. Fuck yeah, I hope it kills some kids. <laughs> they're, they're just dicking around over there, the two dogs. Well, no. Chopper was trying to lay down on it, and Phoebe came over and laid down on it. Well, she just wants to lay with her brother. It's fine. Uh, okay, so that's enough about horses, and I think uh, we're now going to move on. Jeremy, I'm not doing your Halloween list. I know that you... you no Halloween safety it. tips? Dude, Halloween is tomorrow. People will not... It is it's, not! It's Thursday. <laughs> People are not going to listen to this that have kids. It's timeless that... advice. Jeremy, <sighs> <laughs> <laughs> play a song for you? I threw my hands up. You can do it. Yes. What? What? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I could have sung it for you. Wild horses could you drag me away. Well, that explains it. I don't like you. I two. don't like you two either. I think they're. I just really don't think they're good. All their songs sound the same, and uh, I know they have this like massive following, and I don't get it. Plus, Bono's a douche. Uh-uh. Whatever. Total <laughs> douche. In fact, Bono's so much of a douche that he's actually a piece of shit. If you watch South Park. He is the largest <laughs> shit that was ever taken himself. He is the shit. Uh, okay, so do your safety tips, Jeremy. Where do you want to wait? shit and the do you shit do it at the, Let's do it at the end of the show, because we're going to get really dark for a little we're while. We're going to have got time. That's yeah, fine. Yeah, we're going to get dark, because we are now going to talk about our infamous Utah. Infamous Utah. You better save that and use that. What for? We have one more episode for the year. Two, sorry. Two more. more. Who the fuck are we going to use to cap the year off? That's the good question. It's got to be good. So anyway, (laughs) John D. Lee. Um, So Where was this the whole time we've been doing Infamous Um, I just came up with it just now. So (laughs) you're going to have to, you're going to have to forgive me. Um, So. Why? That was rad. John D. Lee was a member, an early member of the Mormon Church. So he was born um, in Illinois. Was he born in Illinois? Yeah. Yep. Okay. So John Doyle Lee is his full name. Cass, uh, Cascade. Oh, Doyle rules. Uh, some stupid town that probably doesn't exist in Illinois yeah, anymore because it was in the Illinois Territory at the time. So in uh, 1812, he was born. So. Uh, in 1838, so this was an interesting thing. So he grew up, got married, uh, and in 1838, uh, he and his wife were introduced to Mormons. So if you want to back up slightly, and I, I only bring this up because this, this has a theme with almost everybody we've talked about. So at age three, his mother dies. Um, she, oh, yeah. she had a lingering illness. She dies. He's left to be raised by his alcoholic father. And then taken out of his custody and given to his aunt and uncle. Yeah. And you know it was bad because in the 1800s, they didn't fucking take kids away. Yeah. So I only bring that up because we, we've made that connection with not... A, not Almost every almost one of them. Every almost one every of single them one. We've talked about came from a alcoholic parents and a funky See, childhood. it's a cult. That's what they go after. Well, he was 25 when he joined the church, so he wasn't that young. Yeah, well, he got married, so he gets older, he gets married, uh, and him and his wife are introduced to Mormonism, which, at the time, is very, very new. Seven years. The church had only been there around for seven years, so it's very young. Okay, look, I'm, 
and I'm not gonna, I'm gonna take a step back here. I'm, I'm not trying to talk shit on Mormons, right? Because every church had its beginnings. But how do you, I mean, this is, you have, like, I can only imagine that Joseph Smith and Brigham Young were some charismatic motherfuckers. Like, they had to be the smoothest talking sons of bitches ever because you're convincing someone that seven years ago, some dude did some magical shit with some golden plates and God talked to him Rocks. and like this thing, like all of this happened like less than 10 years ago. And you believe that like they have to be some charismatic, smooth talking motherfuckers. To get that to many people to, to believe and yeah. look at the legacy. I mean, I know people, people believe things to help them and to get them through things. And that was not an easy time. And a lot of people were fleeing persecution for just all kinds of shit. And especially the ones that were moving out West and Illinois territory was super far West in the 1800s. At the time, that was the wild, wild West. Yeah. That was, that was pre Mississippi river crossing really, but it was the wildest of wild West. Well, Utah was still owned, was still Mexico. Yeah. Yeah. It it wasn't even part of the US yet. At that time, Illinois, you're almost to the end of the United States. Yeah. Like that's the edge of civilization (laughs) at the end. And, and so, but, but seriously, it's just, it's mind boggling to me because I think back to like, okay, let's, let's talk biblical times and like the people that follow Jesus, like those, those, those dudes, the apostles, if you will, those are some serious fucking like believers in a dude saying, I'm the son of God. And them saying, all right. And that's some fucking heresy type shit, right? Right. Basically the same thing as Mormons and Mormons at the time, no one got along with them. I, I mean, we've talked about it before. Um, the, you know, we had the, the Mormon war and we had uh, essentially the, the Illinois territory declared war on the Mormons and told people to go fucking kill them. Um, so, so John D. Lee, I guess it was Missouri, right? What? Missouri? Missouri is the one that waged war on the Mormons. Mm -hmm. so. So John D. Lee joins the church. He becomes good friends with Joseph Smith. He's adopted by Brigham Young under the law of adoption, which is how... The early church decided they were going to get the lineage all the way back to Adam. Like, create families. Yeah, so so even though he's a grown-ass man, he's adopted through what they call the law of adoption. So anybody could adopt anybody legally now making you part of their lineage. So he's adopted by Brigham Young. So technically, Brigham Young is his... His dad. His daddy. Adopted father at age 27. That's fucking weird. <laughs> and Some people would even change their surnames. Well, and, and, and like, again, you're 25 years old and you're believing that this is like a real thing. Yeah. So how much of that, how much of that is belief and how much of that is like, I'm getting in on the ground floor of this crazy So, so here's the thing. So, so I think, I think there's a good deal of both of that. So, he is put into his, he is converted as a da- Danite. A Danite, am I saying that right? A Danite. Mm-hmm. Which were, uh, which was the same underground hush hush group. It's like the Mormon militia. The Mormon basically. militia. Yeah, it was well, the Mormon militia. <laughs> except it was, it was almost like the SS. In yeah, it was like the Red Police. It's, they were like a special group. There were only 300 of them. The Mormon militia was pretty much every man that joined the church was part of the Mormon militia. If you were a Mormon and you were a man and you could hold a gun, you're part of the Mormon militia. The Danites were like were like the, the secret police like of secret. They could actually use the, the elite. Gun. So so a Dan uh let's see who do we talk about if he, uh, 
Porter Rockwell. Yeah. Was a Danite. Yeah, he was a Danite. There's a theme with Danites, by the way. Yeah. So John D. Lee is, so he's 27 years old. He's adopted by Brigham Young, and then he's put in under this elite task force as a Danite, and he is a personal bodyguard to both Joseph Smith and Brigham Young for a period of time. He was a, a member, or he was a, a scribe for the Council of Fifty, and he was at one point uh, appointed to the Quorum, right? The Quorum of the Seventy, or whatever it is. It was the yeah, the Fifty. It was no, different. Oh, I don't then. think it was the Quorum of the Seventy. It I think he was part of that Fifty that helped the 50. them decide what to do before. Just yeah, he was part of the the Quorum of Elders, essentially, uh, is what he moves into. Um, so so for example. When they are in Missouri, like you were talking about, Chris, uh, and the, in Missouri, they're opposed to Mormons voting. So when, when, uh, election day came, there's a big riot. Well, the church calls in the Danites and Lee storms into the crowd, clubs flying. They're like borderline murdering people with clubs. And he says, however, I felt the power of God. I felt, let's say, I felt the power of God nerve my arm for the fray. He later said buildings were burned and Lee admitted that he had participated in looting. So these are the Danites. Yeah. Yeah. These guys, <laughs> these guys were no fucking joke. So I do want to talk about something that did happen in 1838. Um, so in, um, 1838, um, the Mormon, there was a bunch of Mormons that were killed in what's known as the Hans Mill massacre. Yes. This is important because it plays into kind of some of the events that unfolded that really put John Lee's name kind of on the map of, uh, in the annals of, of history, especially of Mormon history. So this, this Hans Mill is just the place where this thing happened, which it was actually H-A-W-N, uh, is how they spelled it, even though now it's like H-A-U-N because Mormons can't fucking spell things right. Um, they add K's and T's and A's and U's to shit that they don't belong in. Uh, but essentially in, in Missouri, um, like the day after they signed that, um, decree that said, go kill all the Mormons. <laughs> like, right. Uh, they, uh, a whole bunch of, of militiamen, uh, Missouri militiamen showed up, uh, and, uh, at, at this town in front of this mill, um, basically said, Hey, we're, we're just here. You know, we're not being horrible people. Um, and then they killed everyone. <laughs> like they made the people surrender their arms essentially and then killed them. And however, to backtrack slightly, they'd been given warning to leave. Yeah. So it's not like, I mean, yes, this did happen and yes, they did show up, but they'd been given a warning. You have three weeks to, to get out. You have two weeks to get out. You have one week to get out. You have until this day to leave or you will be forcibly removed. Yeah. And so, and that's all part of that execution order, the executive order 44 out of Missouri. Um, so they, they basically uh, say, Hey, we're going to have a truce. Uh, and then they come in and October 30th of 1838 is, is when that happened. Uh, and, they killed a whole bunch of people, and it was it was truly a massacre. They just started shooting guns into a building. Hundred rifles just firing into that building. They estimate sixteen hundred shots went into that building. Wow, that's quite a bit for back then. Like, there's no automatic rifles, and correct. Uh, and that was thirty to sixty minutes long, somewhere between half an hour and an hour that day. So Eight. that that will definitely come back to play into our. Yeah, so that's a big deal. It was a, kind of a big thing, and that. Honestly, that 
that event is what really spurned the Mormons getting the fuck out of Missouri and going and finding their own place. So then, after that, they, they do start the what they call the Nauvoo Legion, or the Mormon Militia. And here is the hierarchy of that. Brigham Young, who is the governor, superintendent of Indian Affairs, president of the LDS Church. He's head of the... Uh, the, his, this is the chain of command. George Albert Smith, who's part of the, the head of the Twelve Apostles, he's second in command. Third in command is General Daniel H. Wells. He's the commander-in-chief of the territorial militia, the Nauvoo Legion, which, by the way, Wells later uh, is the one that actually convicts Lee in his second trial. Isn't that, isn't that funny? Uh, next in command is Colonel William H. Dane, head of the Iron County Brigade, uh, the military force in southern Utah. Lieutenant Colonel Isaac C. Haight, second in command of the Iron County Brigade, president of the Cedar City Stake of Zion. Uh, and then below him is Major John H. Higby. The ma- he's the major in the Iron Militia and the first counselor to Isaac Haight. Then there's adjunct Daniel McFarland. And then at the very bottom of the chain of command is John D. Lee. Yep. So he's kind of the, the <laughs> bottom, the bottom feeder. So he is a member of the Mormon militia, but he's pretty low in the chain of command. A scapegoat. You, you could say That's that. That's what he claims. You could say that. So, I want to go over just a little bit of chrono- chron- chronology for our overall story, and then we can get into the details of, of what actually happened. So, 1830, the church is started. 1850, so only 20 years later, uh, they're already in Utah, and the territorial government is, is established with Brigham Young as its first governor. That's very convenient. Um in 1857, Utah legislature reorganizes the territorial militia by reactivating what was called the Nau- Nauvoo Legion. Uh, and not, that's what I just talked about briefly. Uh, let's see. So, so this is kind of where the, the story kind of starts to tie in. So, 1857, um, several extended families Leave, leave Arkansas and what is planned to be a long immigration via wagon train to California. So they plan on coming to California. Uh, at the time, so this is in between April and May of 1857. In June of 1857, Parley Pratt is killed. He's murdered in Arkansas. Uh, but the funny thing is, is he's murdered by an aggravated husband whose wife he had taken. Because keep in mind, so we talked about the fact that how many? It wasn't like fifty-six wives or something like that. So well, well. So we talked about how. No, that was kids. How he became John D. Lee specifically became Mormon. He was married. Once he got married, and he joined the Mormon religion, he, he kept getting married. Nineteen okay. wives. Nineteen wives. Nineteen wives. So, so and the, this is polygamy back then. Like, so, well, and a lot of these women were married to other men, but God told them they needed to marry this person. No, God tells the guy, and then the guy goes and tells the woman, and the woman's like, but I don't want to. And they're like, it's okay, God told God me, told and me then to. they do. And so, they're charismatic, and they're like, okay. So, no, Parley P. Pratt is in Arkansas uh, and takes a wife who happens to be married to somebody else, and so her husband kills him. Imagine that. So, it's rumored that that members of this... Uh, Fancher party is what it's called. The, the Baker, Baker Fancher. Fancher. Baker Fancher party. It's, it's, it's rumored but never proven that members of this party were the ones that had killed Parley P. Pratt and 
were members of that that Hans Mill massacre. However, also not proven, but rumored. Yeah, but probably not super likely because Hans Mill happened in Missouri. And these people are coming from Arkansas. which, Which is right next to Missouri, like literally right next to Missouri. It's on the border. But... I don't know that they would come across just to fuck with the Mormons, because it wasn't like they were in Salt Lake. This was down closer to Cedar City. Right. So, Brigham Young has started up the the Mormon militia again. President Buchanan, President of the United States, says, uh, you can't do that. So, he sends the federal army out to deal with the the Mormons. So, they they are in the process of coming out. This group from Arkansas is in the process of coming, and... This, so this is a little bit. This is kind of a little bit of the backstory of of why this powder keg is is about to go off. So during this time, let's see. During this time, the Fancher Party shows up uh, in southern Utah. So at the time, Cedar City was it's like north of St. George. Yeah, like. just north of St. George, Cedar City. It's kind of the gateway to California. It's the way that people coming from more southern states. Yeah, because the, the climb into those mountains isn't as bad as over the top of the Rockies. Right, coming and... through Salt Lake. However, a lot of, so a lot of, uh, wagon trains, when, when the pioneers very first started coming out, they were, they would carry all the food and provisions that they needed for the whole trip. Well, after a few years of that, they realized, you know what? We don't need to take everything. Let's take enough money enough provisions to get to Utah and we can stop in Cedar City or we can stop in Salt Lake. Well, and part of the reason to stop in Cedar City is to get out to California. For those of you that don't know, that's all desert. Like basically Cedar City, Salt Lake City is the last kind of bastion of hope before you have hundreds of miles of desolate desert. And so you really have to stock up on provisions to get across the Mojave essentially. Right. So, so the, 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 Mormons, specifically Brigham Young, knows that this group is coming. He also knows that the federal government is coming. So he goes to... Because this is the same time frame. Utah's still a territory, and this is the same time frame uh, of of Utah trying to become a state, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So let's say this is September 1st. Uh, the Fancher Party camps 70 miles north of Mountain Meadows. Brigham Young meets in Salt Lake City with the Southern Indian Chiefs to devise a strategy to stop overland immigration through southern Utah. So he tells the Paiute Indians who were, at the time, were in treaties with, or at least the, the Mormons And that's where the Paiutes really are, is in that area. Right. So he tells them uh, that, that he's giving them the okay to seize all of the cattle that this group has. Uh, initially, it's believed that, that Brigham Young and this group hope that by them stealing the cattle, that'll be enough of a threat, and they'll either turn around and leave. Or just keep going. Or just keep going. But uh, they're not going to just keep going because they can't make it if they do that. Right. So the so that's September 1st. September 4th, the party arrives in Cedar City. Um, and about and then Isaac Haight, second in command of the, of the Nauvoo Legion, Brings John Lee, and so according to the records, this is the first John Lee has anything to do with it. Well, and John Lee was in that part of Utah, like he had relocated. Yeah, he was down in Cedar City. So according to him, this is the f- kind of the first he'd ever even heard about this plan that was already in motion. Uh, but they tell him, they tell John Lee that the Paiute Indians have uh, been given the okay to take the cattle 
and they're supposed to kill everybody in the party and keep the property keep their property a spoil. Now, obviously, that's now the, the the record that comes from Brigham Young's office. Either there was a shocker, something happened. Well, but- look, I'm just saying there's some stuff like that going on right now internationally. Oh, we're just gonna leave Syria and let the Kurds kind of fend for themselves against the Turkey, the Turkish army that fucking hates them and the Russians that want a chunk of their land too. Let's just yeah. So you kind of see some similarities. Yeah. So so this is September fifth, September sixth. Brigham Young in a sermon declares that the Almighty recognized Mormon Utah as a free and independent people, no longer bound to the laws of the United States. Guess what happened September 7th? <laughs> uh, September 7th was not a good day. Well, basically, they went in and they were like, hey, white flags. Everything. Well, so that was on day three, actually. Oh, that was day three. So the siege took three days. So September 7th. Oh, uh, and they dressed up like Paiute Indians well, to so, disguise yeah, themselves. Yeah, so they got the Paiutes. So there were, they don't, they never give the number of Paiutes, but there were a fair amount of Paiutes because they were working. Well, they were told, you can do this. You can do this, and then you can have the cattle, and you can, and, and then it turned into you can have whatever you whatever you take. So, uh, in the morning of September seventh, the Fetcher party wakes up. So, crack it on to about forty or fifty is what it says. Indians and Mormons disguised as Indians surrounding their party, and they start shooting at them. Yeah. What? 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 This Mormon Paiute group didn't realize is how well armed. The group was so they they, they were like in pits and they were like they circled the west so they're like they're like start shooting at them they're just traveling they're not gonna be very well armed and basically it's like you know 57 versus 120 130 140 people all shooting back yeah so so they circle the wagons so they start shooting back and in fact this goes on for two days the second day uh a re- the mormon battalion reinforces with over a hundred men so now there's a hundred more plus who was there firing and shooting into the group and they're still holding their own. Day three, however, they're finally starting to run out of ammunition and this is where this the, is some sliminess happens. This is some like, fucking slimy guerrilla warfare. Now this yeah. is one thing I'll say. <laughs> so prior to the Revolutionary War, guerrilla warfare wasn't much of a thing. But one of the reasons the Revolutionary War ended up being a success was we employed guerrilla war tactics. So we would hit people from flanks. We would not have the because traditional war was like go meet with the generals and tents. Well, and, and then and then guys. you all line up in a row and yeah. you all take turns shooting each other. And then when you're out of ammo, everybody goes back, reloads, and come back the next day. Very civilized. Yeah, not that <laughs> way anymore. And so this is real fucking sneaky. Like this is some crazy shit. So they're like white flag, white yeah, flag. Yeah, the, the Paiutes and the We're Mormon good. militia come walking. Well, so the up. Mormon militia comes in. The 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 white Mormons come in. Holding the white flag, saying, "Oh, we've we've held the Indians at bay." Yeah, so they come in, we've held them at bay, and they're like, "If you give us your weapons, we'll grant you safe no, passage." If give, you give us everything, give, yeah, because that's all the <laughs> the Indian tribe just wants your they want your cattle, they want your possessions. So if you give them up and come with us, we'll get you safe we'll passage you safe. to Cedar they'll, City. St- they'll, this this world stop. They'll take what they want. And you can go to Cedar City and conduct your We've business. We've already worked it out with them. And you're good. Like, okay. You're good so to they, go. they give everything up, and then so so then they're led off in two separate in three two, or it was th- three separate groups. Three separate groups: the young children in the first group, women, older men in the second group, and then strictly the fighting men in the third group. 
as soon as the the men are led off to a place near the side of the road, they are executed point blank. Every yeah, one of them. They just fucking killed them. And then they killed all the fucking women and, and well, and then So everybody over the age of seven, they killed. Just killed. And, and there were 17 kids left. It just so happens that John Lee was the one who was in charge of killing the women and children. That was the group he led. So he took the women and children, the older children, it says, off to the side and slaughtered them. Over 120 people in less than two minutes. So the question is, like, Okay, nowadays that's that's a war crime, right? Like that internationally, if you did something like that, you would. Be that's tried like for some war World War Two Nazi shit. Yeah, it's fucked up. It's fucked up. It still happens, by the way. That shit happened it does, in Syria. Sadly. Turkey did that. Have you seen some of the videos? Like Turkey fucking gunning down defenseless people on the street and laughing about it. Yeah. So shortly after this happens, news finally makes it to Salt Lake. Keeping in mind that's a three hundred mile trip on a horse. It took about three days. Yep. So, uh... Oh, wait, you forgot. Oh, sorry. They also took all of those people and buried them and took all of their property. Haphazardly. Well, yeah. What are you going to do? That's a mass grave. So, so, September 13th, Brigham Young finally gets word of what's going on. uh, And according to Brigham Young, he says, well, we don't want to kill anybody. And the messenger's like way too late for that. So September fifteenth. <laughs> Sorry about I like that. You're telling the story. Way too late for that. Yeah, well, it's just funny how it feels like drunk history. How innocent. Anyway, so September fifteenth. We should try a show like that. That'd be awesome. September fifteenth, Brigham Young issues a proclamation declaring martial law in Utah territory. So what basically he's doing is making what just happened legal because he declares martial law. So no one gets in trouble. However, it's a couple days too late. Uh, but he said his reasoning is the federal government is coming in. Uh, he wants the, the Navajo Legion to prepare for the invasion that he calls it that's going to be coming from the government. And he, he's prohibiting any person from passing through the territory without a permit. So you have to have a permit to pass. You got to have your papers. The only problem is this all comes out a couple days too late. It's already taken place. Sorry, yeah. just, just got up. I thought it was distracting for you. Distracting. She probably has to go take a break. <laughs> um, yeah, so this all happened. Uh, so then September 20th, uh, John, did, well, so right after this happens, Brigham Young summons John up to Salt Lake to get his firsthand account of what happens. He comes up, he gives, so this is September 20th. This has just barely happened. He gives, a, he gives the account of what happened. Uh, it says that Brigham Young is distraught. Tells him, I'll talk to you tomorrow. The next day, Brigham Young tells Lee, I asked the Lord if it was all right for the deed to be done to take away the vision of the deed from my mind, and the Lord did so. So I feel first rate, and it's all right. The only fear I have is from traitors. So God erased it. God said it didn't happen. It's all right. It's good to go. Yeah, that's uh, that. that's like the Chris- the Catholics and the Crusades. God said to do it. God said to do it. So shortly after this, uh, Lee writes a fictionalized report of the massacre, saying that it was all the Indians and that there were no 
Mormons or white people involved. So, and what you have to understand is, is leading up to this, like John Lee is serving as a state congressman in the Utah ter- or territorial congressman. Right. He's in the quorum of the whatever it was at the time. Yeah. And he's also part of the Indian agency. He's part of, he's a representative for the Indian agency from the United States government. Yeah. So things move a lot slower back then. So this, this all happens in 1857, right? Right, 1857. Uh, and so really, it takes a couple of years, right? So um, in 1858, uh, you get a federal judge coming to Utah to basically figure out what actually happened and what Lee did, um, and no one wanted to cooperate with him, right? Like, right, yeah. Well, the, the, the governor or the, the guy they sent said, I cannot convict anybody in this town unless I have armed military to support me because I'll be lynched. Yeah, because no one would talk to him. No one would say anything. In fact, like they actually, there's a bunch of folk songs and stuff that, that even in the lyrics of the folk songs point back to John Lee of being in charge of the Mountain Meadows Massacre. Like he's the one that actually conducted it. Um, but the judge is like, I can't, I can't do anything here. So he issues an arrest warrant, but it just sits out there because no one will right. go in and arrest no one's gonna, guy. No one's going to touch him. And as you recall from the chain of command that i read john d lee is actually pretty low in the chain of command as far as all this goes yeah well there's always a scapegoat right right so but in so in 1860 um so in light of this well, so judge, back, up, back up to 1858 briefly so george albert smith who's at, at the at the mo at the time one of the 12 apostles he's soon to be the president of the church he writes a letter uh, blaming immigrants for inciting the indians saying that it was them who were provoking the indians however in this letter, he does place John Lee at the scene, thus identifying him as the best possible Mormon scapegoat for the crime. So this is the turning point is when they write this letter. So this letter comes out of Salt Lake, still not saying the Mormons had anything to do with it or white people other than John Lee. So he is already set up as the scapegoat. Yeah, well, and Brigham Young actually starts doing a bunch of stuff in the 1860s to try and downplay John Lee's profile with the church. Right. Right. Because he doesn't want anyone to really pin this back on the church. Well, and then, so in May 12th, 1859, an arrest warrant is issued for Brigham Young for his part of all of this. He appears in person voluntarily before judge, guess what? Joseph Smith, um, in a Mormon probate court. (laughs) He gives his statement about the massacre uh, in which he's being accused of an accessory. The case is apparently dismissed for lack of evidence. Shocker. <laughs> but even in, in 1861, Lee gets elected as a presiding elder uh, in Harmony, Utah. Right. So even after all this, and Brigham Young's like, he did a good job, but I'm like downplaying him in the church. He's still getting elected as, as a public official. Right. Um, but basically... He can't escape this. The The Mormon church has right. just kind of pinned this on him, whether he was really it or not. Right. So the problem we have now is 1860, 1861, 1862, the Civil War breaks out. That now becomes a much bigger problem. Than whoever killed all these Than this whole people. thing. How, so, however, uh, Abraham Lincoln in 1862 appoints non-Mormons to fill all federal offices in Utah because he's had it. Yeah, because the Mormons are just running roughshod with They're, all of this. This is this happened. By the way, this is similar to what's been going on in some of the smaller areas in southern Utah. Is the Mormon Mormon families that dominate down there, the polygamous families, 
they dominate everything. They're the judges, they're the politicians, they're everything. And so we've had to instill some of those sorts of things. Like, for instance, what uh, is it San Juan County down in southern Utah where we had to have a federal judge basically say, no, you gerrymandered the shit out of your own district. Yeah. Uh, deal with it, and I'm yeah. going to fix the lines. Like, that's why, because this stuff still goes on today, these kinds right. of weird, like, when you go down there and the sheriff and the fucking mayor and, like, all the businesses are related and you try to open a business down there and you can't fucking get anything done, it still happens. It's, right, still happens. So along with along with Abraham Lincoln's uh, assigning all the federal officers, he out, also outlaws polygamy officially. Yeah, and so that's a big blow to the Mormon church at the time. Right. So then 1868, uh, Governor J. Wilson Schaefer is appointed by President Grant to come down to Utah. He abolishes the Nauvoo Legion officially. says, you are a religious group. You cannot have a military. No religious group should have Again, a militia. Should shocker. Ever have a military. So then in 1874. But you got it. You guys. Uh, it sounds horrible to say a religious group has a military, but where the Mormons came from, they had to have it. The militia sure. militias are not illegal, um, but this is a this is Utah, which is a, a state at this point, right, or or about to become a state, and these were all pieces that had to kind of fall in place for Utah right, to, to become statehood. a state. So in 1874, Congress passes the Poland Act, which redefines the jurisdiction of courts in Utah. Uh, up until 1874, no jury was allowed to be uh, supported by a non-Mormon. Every jury <laughs> had to be a Mormon up until 1874. Wow, that's crazy. So this made that illegal. <laughs> so um, John Lee was eventually arrested and tried uh, yep. a couple times. So November 7, 1874. John Lee is finally caught after 15 years. They capture him in caught. a- Caught? I thought he was exiled. Well, they caught him in a chicken coop in Penguich, Utah, because, yeah. I was, thought he was, I thought he was exiled to Arizona. Now they caught him in Penguich, Utah. Mm. Now, he may have spent some time in Arizona. So, so now that he gets caught, though, um, he's excommunicated from the church and all of his Rights and privileges are taken away. But yeah. he was still loyal to, like, he, oh, he was still... Well, of course he was. Again, this goes back to, like, why does a 25-year-old join a church that's seven years old? Well, they actually re... They actually brought him back into the church. Of course they did. Just a few years ago, they did. But I mean, so you have to, you have to think about this from like, from like his perspective. And even like when we talk about, this is why people think Mormons are, are Mormonism is a cult. Because when we think of cults, we think of things like what happened in Waco, right? That, that weird cult there in Waco that was armed like a militia. Tried to start their own militia. That, that, um, has these weird ideals with a charismatic leader, and that is what went on with Mormonism in the early days. So one one of the websites that I read is called Famous Trials, um, and they yeah. they wrote something very interesting. It was just about his last, like his last words in those last days. And the author of this said, as to the reasons which prompted him to act as he did during his lifetime, we have nothing to say. Judging from his life and confessions and our personal acquaintance with him, we believe to, we believe him to be an honest man, but so blinded by religious fantasism and faith in his corrupt church leaders that his moral vision was perverted and he committed crimes under the orders of his superiors, believing that he was doing right and working for the glory of God. 
It appears from his writings that he was used by Joseph Smith, Brigham Young, and other Mormon leaders from the time that he became a member of the church as a tool to perform their dirty work. And when he was worn out and could no longer be of any service, they sacrificed him uh, with as little compunction of conscience as a carpenter would throw away an old worn out saw or chisel. Yep. And I believe that. Totally. Well, we and we see that in other people we've talked about because Porter Rockwell was the same kind of deal. Mm-hmm. As soon as like his like, use, you anymore. his use was done, suddenly the church didn't care to. Right. to keep, and and some of that was like the church is just trying to keep their nose clean, right? Like, right. You shouldn't get caught doing this shit. So right. right. Well, you got caught. That's the problem. So there are two trials. The first trial in August fifth of eighteen seventy five uh, ends up in a hung jury. Uh, it's three non-Mormon jurors vote to convict, and th- and the other Mormon jurors, yeah, the nine Mormon jurors vote to acquit, and the three non-Mormon jurors vote to convict. <laughs> so it's left in Weird. a jury. Weird. I know, strange, huh? <laughs> However, um, in between his next uh, trial, George Albert Smith dies, who remembers second in command of the Mormon militia. Um, at, and then at this time, they're getting a lot of bad press for this whole thing. The Mormons are really taking a lot of heat for it. So the prosecutor at the time, uh, Summer Howard, new U.S. attorney for Utah, makes a deal with Brigham Young. Young agrees to find witnesses to convict John Lee in return for his affidavit being pl- uh, placed in evidence and exonerating him. So he'll, he tells Brigham Young, I'll, I'll completely wipe this yep. clean. You you aren't a part of this if you can find me people to speak out against him. So the second trial, September 14th, 1876, the seventh trial of John Lee opens in Beaver, Utah, and in only a few hours of deliberation, the all-Mormon jury convicts John Lee. Yeah, basically, because Brigham Young and other Mormons spoke out against him and said, it was all this guy, he planned it, he, he did pl- it. He executed. The it. evidence says that he didn't plan it. That he was basically just. Not only did he not plan it, he was like seventh in the line of command. Yeah, like he was just the guy that executed it. But it's like it's like uh, a few good men, right? Like who ordered the the whatever it was. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Like that's the whole movie is about that. Like you have a responsibility to not fucking carry out bad orders, basically. Right. Well, um, Ollie North. If you want to talk about another one. Someone who got pegged for... But it's interesting because he was... I mean, he spoke out a little bit about the church while he was sitting in jail, but his last words, like his his last words before he was executed, he was executed at Mountain Meadows. Yep. Uh, awesome. It's an awesome execution. March 23rd. He, he got his picture sitting on his casket, and then they shot him and he fell, fell back into, into his the casket. casket. That's some Old West shit right I there. I know. So his final words, I just want to read them. Yeah. I have but little to say this morning. Of course, I feel that I am at the brink of eternity and the solemnities of eternity should rest upon my mind at the present. I am ready to die. I trust in God. I have no fear. Death has no terror. Like even even right before he was going to die, having been excommunicated from the church, the entire church turns their back on him. And I'm sure he had conversations with Brigham Young where Brigham was like, Everything's gonna be okay. You're going. You're going to the good place. We have to do this publicly. You're taking it for the team. You're, you're taking one for the team. <laughs> yeah, basically. Like I appreciate yeah. everything that you do. You doing this, your children and, and your legacy will live on, and it indeed has. And it indeed has. So jump forward, 1999. Uh, they actually found a whole bunch of remains 
uh, from the massacre when they were doing some work up there with the backhoe. And then this is what makes me laugh. September 11th, 1999, Gordon B. Hinckley, pres- then president of the LDS Church, dedicates a new monument to the victims of the 1857 massacre. And he says, the past cannot be changed. It is time to leave the entire matter to God. Never once has but, the church. Uh, but Irene came out, in t- I think, in 2007 and made a statement. Still not admitting it, though, right? They will never admit that they were at fault for that massacre, because to say that is to say Brigham Young, one of the biggest like patrons of the church, knew what was happening, and that the church, in in all of its leadership structure, absolutely ordered this, this thing to happen. And then John Lee, John Lee like you were saying, Bree was reinstated and all of his was reinstated into the church and all of his blessings were returned to him like in the eighties, nineteen eighties, something like what that. What if he was like I think he was too this. burned from hell. <laughs> so he had so this is this is kind of his legacy though that he's left behind. So he had nineteen wives and fifty six children by the time he died. So Well like most of them most of the wives had left him though. Yeah, but during all of this, but still, they but still, still children. so nineteen wives and fifty six kids. kids. So let me give you names of a few. I don't of the even big... think I have like nineteen regular family members. So alone, like... <laughs> former Solicitor General Rex Ely uh, was related to him. Uh, senator Mike Lee, uh, who is a <laughs> well, that uh, explains a lot about is Mike a Lee. Utah senator, uh, is is a uh, a direct son of Rex Lee, who is a is a descendant of John Lee. Uh, Utah Supreme Court Justice Thomas R. Lee is a descendant. Gordon H. Smith, who was uh, is a senator from Oregon. Uh, Morris uh, K. Udall, a senator, or excuse me, a representative from Arizona. Stuart Udall from Arizona. Uh, Mark Udall from Colorado. Uh, Tom Udall from New Mexico. All of them are descendants of uh, Lee. And Stuart Udall served as a Secretary of the Interior under President Kennedy and Johnson. There's a lot of people related to John D. Lee. Uh, the dude had a lot of kids, had a, had a big lineage, and his legacy certainly played on a lot of these people were high up in politics. Did you find it? I did. He says we, exp- and this was on the 150th anniversary um, he's talking about these three church members that were writing a book about it. And he, um, he says, what was done here long ago by members of our church represents a terrible and inexcusable departure from Christian teaching and conduct. We cannot change what happened, but we can remember and honor those who were killed here. We express profound regret for the massacre carried out in this valley 150 years ago today and for the undue and untold suffering experienced by the victims then and by their relatives to the present time. Still no admission of guilt. <laughs> it says by members of the church. It doesn't say the church. It was a church-sanctioned massacre. All signs point to that. But you will never hear the church admit to that. They also said a separate expression of regret is owed to the Paiute people who have unjustly borne for too long the principal blame for what occurred during the massacre. Although the extent of their involvement is disputed, it is believed that they would not have participated without the direction and stimulus provided by local church leaders and members. Well, because not only were they church leaders, they were also federal representatives. Yeah, they were like John D. Lee was a representative to the Native American Council from the Fed. <laughs> from the federal government so they're they didn't okay so in summary i in my opinion jeremy hates mormons well yeah that's not the no. point um 
<laughs> Did John Dealey know know what he was doing? Oh, absolutely. No, not a doubt. Yeah. But you don't fucking execute 120 women, children, and elderly. But he felt, believed, until his last breath, that it was a direct commandment from the prophet, which in turn is a direct commandment from God. And if God tells you to do something, you don't question it. Well, it's like the Catholic Crusades. I mean, there's, there's, we're, we're slamming on the Mormons and, and this is bad and, and the Mormons did it, but all religions have this in their history. The, the difference is what Chris was mentioning earlier. This is such a young religion that the recorded history of it can be found easier. It's a little more accurate. It I can mean, be found, period. Like the Crusades, like what you're talking about, those went on for hundreds of years. Right. The Inquisition went on for hundreds of right. years. Like we don't truly know Nobody how long. Wants no. Spanish. <laughs> well, the thing is, okay. So, and this is this is this is becoming somewhat commonplace in a lot of thought. Is the Middle Ages, the Dark Ages, might be a lot longer than we think. It's not a few hundred years because there was not a lot of recorded history. There, the history was passed down by word of mouth, almost exclusively by by uh, political leaders like uh, kings and queens and, and, and clergy. And and so the Crusades, how many people did they kill? There's there's no telling. And so this is awful. I'm not I'm not downplaying it in any way, shape, or form. But it's nothing new. But no, it I mean it's it's the same history of every religion ever. They they did bad Catholics. stuff in the name of of their God. No, but it's our history and we're talking about Utah. Right. But it's just like it's just just put, keep it in. Per, I, yeah, I'm just saying it to keep it in perspective because it's not like I'm a huge, huge fan of Mormons, but Mormons make this state what it is. It wouldn't be what it is without them. It wouldn't be the place that we want to live without them. And this history is part of is part of our history. And so, before you get all tangled up in how awful they were and how bad they treated, you know, the people in this this country. All the other religions have done that too. They've, they've all treated people poorly. They've all created, you know, created chaos in the world. And we just happen to be in a, like, this is just a new religion. And so we can, yeah. we can delve this deeply into it. Know, you know, know where he was in the hierarchy. Right. There's, there's people that have probably have direct stories, you know, that have been passed down. You talk about all oh, he wrote a bunch of journals and shit that we have that yeah. are still around. It's not like scrolls that were you know in the the Dead Sea scrolls, <laughs> the Dead Sea or anything, scrolls that were you know, found and like, had giant holes in them, and yeah. a bunch of dudes got together so, and went, maybe this is what happened. One yeah. one point of interest in one of the one of the articles I was reading about it, depending on how you want to look at it, <clears throat> because he was the only person convicted of a hundred and twenty plus murders. In one way, it can be looked at that he is the most prolific serial killer <laughs> in the history of the United States. But that's not if he only killed the like, one group. Again, like, no, that's not a serial killer to me. That's more akin it's to a mass a, murder. That, that's more akin to a war crime or a mass murder. The most prolific serial killer in the United States is now from Texas. <laughs> yeah. Sam. But it's, it's just funny because I, I found, I found John Lee in one of those m- most prolific killers well yeah because that's a mass murder but and, and there were hundreds of people involved but because he's the one that got pegged with it all all of those murders are on him 
That's yeah, but I and which I, I know that's not realistic. But God I just, knows different. No, but there there needed to be a fall guy, right? They like, couldn't have convicted every single person involved in that, and that's kind of what happens with war crimes. Mm-hmm. You don't convict the soldiers; you convict the the generals and the the leaders of those soldiers that order those actions. And he was the leader of that group. It just happened to be the lowest leader on the totem pole, but still a leader. Yeah, and he happened to be willing to uh, be talked into taking that kind of fall. This is like a few good men. <laughs> the soldiers were still in trouble, but they but they convicted the general. Man, I hate you. <laughs> well, that was our infamous Utah. Do we do we want to talk about Halloween yes, safety I know tips? All the safety tips, because I want to be able to bag on them. <clears throat> so we'll we'll talk some Halloween safety tips, and we'll get out of here for the night. Um, walk safety. Let's walk just start safety. Top. Cross the street. Safely, not safety. Cross at corners. Safety. Use traffic signals and crosswalks. Look both ways when crossing the street. Put your electronic devices down. I think of all the ones that I've seen on on here, that's probably the one that makes the most sense to me that people suck at. Yeah. You're out there with your kids on your phone crossing busy streets. Not just you. Your kids. Oh, and the kids. Fucking 12-year-olds with their phones texting as they walk. Where are you? We're at so-and-so's house. Why don't you meet up? I do like teaching children to make eye contact with drivers before crossing in front of them. I flip them off so I know they see me, and then I cross the street. (laughs) Finger guns. No, no. Not guns. Straight up middle finger. Join kids under 12 years of age for trick-or-treating? Nah, fuck that. I don't... I I was trick-or-treating by myself at seven. But you were living by yourself when you were and eight. You, you were lived in a t- <laughs> and you lived in a town of like fifteen people. So, um, I I my kids never were really big into trick or treating. They didn't care. They 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 went to parties and stuff. They were part they of the problem. Sorry, <laughs> it's not like I stopped them from trick or treating. Like we went out with them trick or treating. These are some of my the next grouping is my favorite. The, the costumes. costumes for safe Halloween. So decorate costumes and bags with reflective tape. Or stickers, and if possible, choose light colors. Because that's what a fucking kid wants in his Batman costume, to have a giant fucking reflector on the back of it. (laughs) Just don't tell him. Choose face paint and makeup whenever possible, instead of masks, which can obstruct a child's vision. Which I think is actually really cool, because I think it looks better. The masks that we had when we were kids... Yes. With the fucking like not flame retardant like vinyl, yeah. with, the, with the really thin elastic cord that the, always like, always broke, broke. Yep. and that you could smell the 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 vinyl coming off of it, and your like <laughs> eyes are watering, and oh, those were the best, man. Those <laughs> if best. you could see out of it yeah, to begin the, with, the, because the, the holes were in a specific spot, and if it didn't fit your face right, it's like scratch your cornea because the <laughs> it was pressed in. Those were quality. When quality. selecting a costume, make sure it is the right size to prevent trips and falls. That's really hard to do, by the way, because costumes come in like four sizes, small, medium, large, and extra large. <laughs> right. Or one size fits all, so five sizes. One size fits all is not a true story. It, os- it often one ties. Size no, it says, like one person in one Albuquerque. One size fits most. most. Yeah, that's the name. And it's, it's, it's the person, it's like one person in Albuquerque, New Mexico, who's like, this is the person we're going to make this costume fit. You mean the kid in Korea, South Korea? That no, I decided the- to say Albuquerque because that's where my mom is right now. Oh. But you know those costumes were made in like Korea or China. China. Drive extra safely on how extra safely and, and, on Halloween. Yeah, and like watch your lights. Like slow down. Remember in the to turn your lights on. People don't remember to turn their lights on. It's really weird. 
Take extra time at intersections. Um, Enter and exit driveways slowly. Don't you're driving on curbs. <laughs> don't look at your phone. Popular trick or treating hours are from five thirty p.m. Oh, look, to nine. Turn your headlights on earlier in the day. I just said that. Mm-hmm. I'm guessing though, with the snow. Uh, trick or treating numbers are going to be even Chris more. Chris and I down. decided to break into the candy because we figured we're going to have, we need longer to get rid of it. It's going to be cold. Mm-hmm. It's, there's snow on the ground, so it's going to be probably a little wet because I don't think that's going to melt tomorrow. We'll have uh, to see. I've got the fire pit all lined up, but I don't know if it's that kind of cold. You're reusing the finger chili outside? 41. I'm disappointed I didn't get to have more of that, but I was so goddamn full. There's a lot of food. Really oh, lot of those food. chicken things were good. Oh, yeah, the buzzard claws. Mm-hmm. I like it when she makes those. Makes me happy. Makes my stomach happy. <laughs> those chocolate, peanut butter chocolate things are amazing. So, uh. That was good food. We had good food. Mm-hmm. How yeah. about our raw hamburger, crispy treats? Those were cool. Um, that's gonna do it. So, whatever you do, uh, I don't really care what you do, uh, as long as you share this episode. Um, I think this is a really, this has been a fun episode for me. I enjoy it. I get to say something really quick. Please don't decorate for Christmas yet. Please wait for your (laughs) holidays. Fuck yes. I don't care if you buy for Christmas. I don't care if you're stowing away for Christmas. I don't even care if you put your lights up for Christmas. But just don't turn them on. Because I would just like to celebrate each holiday as it, like, give Halloween its due. Give Thanksgiving its due. Then go ahead and celebrate Christmas and... I just. I told you about the people in my neighborhood who think Halloween's a pagan holiday, so they put their Christmas stuff up the first of October, and they have. Yeah, because Christmas isn't. They do realize Christmas is a pagan. Christmas holiday. is a pagan holiday. Yeah. They're all pagan holidays. I like to celebrate Diwali. Did you? No, I didn't. I wish. No, it's a fun holiday, though. Tell you what. Uh, so. Enjoy your Halloween uh, if you're listening to this before. Uh, if you're listening to it after, Thanksgiving's just around the corner. But uh, don't overlook Veterans Day. It's a very important <coughs> holiday. We're Buy the poppies. Veterans. Buy the poppies. Heroin? No, the what? flowers. <laughs> That's where heroin comes from. Well, I realize that, but clearly she's not asking people to buy heroin. I'm just wondering why we're making our audience heroin addicts, but... It's up to you, Jess, if you want them to be heroin addicts. Um, Folk Hogan, thank you for uh, our intro and outro music, as always. And uh, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at TNU Podcast. Uh, we do a lot of posting of random shit, like microphone pictures on podcast night. Um, did you post one today? Not of a microphone. Damn it. What'd you post it of? Some kind of you look? Some kind of audio recording equipment. My phone is currently playing hip-hop. Because for those of you that don't know, uh, Dr. Dre from Yo MTV Raps, not Dr. Like Ed Dre. Love, Ed Love and Dr. Dre. Yeah, not, not Dr. Dre, the, uh, the, the real rap artist. Um, <laughs> he, uh, has lost his vision to diabetes, um, which is kind of sad. He died. Uh, and, oh yeah, he, he died. That's right. <laughs> he had lost his vision like a year ago, right? He went blind like a year ago. I don't know. I have no idea. Anyway, I don't he know died. what the hell you're talking about. So pour one out for him, uh, and um, you know maybe go see some wild horses. Wild horses. No, don't listen to that song while you. S- Couldn't try. Here's the thing: if you listen to that song while you're looking for wild horses, they will all run away. You don't see it. Okay, stop. Seriously, <laughs> this is embarrassing. It's a terrible song. 
I was I'd make the joke who sang it better, but I don't think they sang it any better either. <laughs> the song is so. <laughs> Thank you all for joining us. Uh, go out to our website thenewutah.com uh, or check us out on Facebook. And please, please, please uh, share the episode with all of your friends and family, coworkers, and people you hate.